Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Generation Varied Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is the podcast where we talk about culture, sports, health, geopolitics, and everything in between from a diverse Gen Z background and perspective. I am one of your hosts, Caleb Norris. A little bit about myself since we're just starting off this podcast. I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I currently live in Brooklyn, New York. I work in the tech industry and in sales for, for a software company. And I'm really, really passionate about, uh, about technology and uh, honestly about just sharing diverse perspectives. I think we need more opportunities to share uh, and learn from our neighbors. And uh, that's sort of what inspired this podcast. Uh, I'm, I love listening to podcasts. I've got a couple that I listen to just about every single day. And um, the theme that I kept running into is that so many uh, podcasts are so homogenized with just one perspective. And so um, it's been a dream of mine. I've always wanted to be like a talk show host uh, for, from the time that I was a kid and sort of interview people and, and, and share you know, relevant topics. Um, and so when I thought of this podcast, I thought of including a couple of people that I went to college with that I just absolutely think are amazing and really have enjoyed their perspectives over the years. Um, and I really wanted this to be a podcast that had international perspectives, uh, black, brown, Latino, Asian perspectives, all of that kind of stuff. And so um, I I'm going to introduce you guys to, to my good friend, Ben, here, uh, who is joining us from Columbus, Ohio. Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hey, uh, my name is Ben Okenge, and I'm just pumped to be getting started with this podcast. Um, little bit about me. Uh, I was born in Ottawa, Canada, um, but shortly after I was born, I moved to Kigali, Rwanda. And so my whole life, I've kind of moved around from country to country. I've lived in Canada, Rwanda, Belgium, and now I'm here in America. Um, like Caleb said, we, we met in college uh, in Kentucky, of all places. Of um, all places. Of all yeah. places. Never That's thought that I would have ended up in Kentucky, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I, I live here in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a physical therapy student, and I'm also doing a PhD in uh, health and rehabilitation sciences, so I'm a big-time nerd. I love to learn. I love to debate. I love to hear other people's perspectives, and um, that's a big part of why I'm doing this, I think. A lot of conversations, like Caleb said, that we were having in college, uh, we didn't always see eye to eye, but I just really respect about both Jack and Caleb the fact that they're able to really articulate their perspectives and care enough to think deeply about things. And um, that's why I'm just really excited to be doing this. Um, and our last host is Jack. Hey, uh, nice to meet you guys. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, a little bit, more, a little bit about myself. I'm Jack Widener. Uh, I was born and raised in a small island called Taiwan. Uh, I lived there for 17 years. So, uh, my dad is from a rural, traditional town in Iowa called Afton, and my mom is from the south part of the island. She's one of the 16, 13, 16 tribes in Taiwan, Puyuma. Puma tribe and yeah, shout so out to, shout out the Puma <laughs> tribe. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so I came to college in America. Um, just like Ben, I was my campus tour was probably just Google Maps zooming in. I had no camp uh relations or known anybody in Kentucky, and went to a school about you know two thousand people, and you know. Uh, so it's pretty easy to meet people, um, but Caleb and Ben are a few of the many people I, I, I still stay in touch and that I think are just one, a few of my best friends. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this is one, do new things, you know, uh, but two, like building bridges and not building walls uh, with people who think differently from different backgrounds. Uh, one of the things I love is just listening, listening to stories. Um, and I hope that we get to share ours throughout this podcast. Uh, but a few things I will ride at dawn for are the New York Yankees, uh, Asian food, um, and Afrobeats. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I, don't uh, I don't think people understand 
if you're ever having a party and people are like, oh, like, what are we putting on the playlist? Just cancel that and just put it on an Afrobeat station and just yeah. enjoy yourself because there's not going to be a skippable song. That's facts. They'll be yeah. talking about something you don't even know, but trust me, <laughs> the vibes you know, are. I mean, the uh, I really wish that no, you're you're spot on. I really wish that like more like African artists were highlighted like in, in uh, at least on like the American charts because mm-hmm. I got into it over the summer uh, from this artist called Lee Bianca, and I love Afrobeats. That's a good <laughs> one to ride for. Um, yeah, so I never listened to Afrobeats until college because I went to college with a lot of the international students. There's like 30 of us. Uh, first yeah. first week on campus, it was just 30 students just checking out what is this town that shuts down at 8 p.m. But a lot of uh, my friends uh, from Kenya, Ethiopia, Rwanda, et cetera, kind of introduced me to uh, Burna Boy. And eventually, you know, I start falling in love with the other artists. Um, but yeah, but listeners, one thing about me is sport. And I love sports. I work in a sports marketing uh field um and what i hope to bring to this podcast is all the relevant and most important things you should know that's happening in the sports world is so breathe into our everyday life and our weekends so i hope to bring stories that's gonna uh make you think you know oh this is why i should care um but anyways there's so much going on this past week from australian open and uh, NFL, or what I would want to say now is TSL. You might be wondering what that is. I'm calling it the Taylor Swift League. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but before I kind of hop into that, um, Caleb and Ben, I feel like, you know, I watched sports growing up, but I'm noticing there's different types of uh, sports fans. Uh, one of them is um, identity-based team. Like you are this, you have a team that you root for because your parents did, and then be it, or you just grew up watching it all your life, and that's the team you always support. You don't really watch anybody else. There's the bandwagon. You watch whatever team that's winning. You're all of a sudden a LeBron fan, Lakers fan, heck, Kansas City fan, who knows? Um, <laughs> or you're a story follower. You follow the um, the underdogs, those who are trying to uh, do the impossible. Um, and I kind of want to ask you guys, like, what kind of sports uh, fan are you? Listen, I mean, man, <laughs> I live here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and Let so we bleed scarlet <laughs> and gray. I've only lived here for like less than two years, but it runs deep, man. You'll be walking the streets and you hear the OH and you know, you got to repeat. There we go. You see? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm definitely a big time, like identity sports fan. Um, I'm a huge basketball fan, played basketball my whole life growing up and all the way through college. And, um, you know, so the Toronto Raptors are like my hometown team and, and I've always rooted for them. Um, and then in terms of like college football, obviously huge Buckeyes fan. But really outside of that, I'm kind of watching from behind the scenes because I've I've never really been super attached to any other team. So, mm-hmm. so definitely mm-hmm. when it comes to those two niches, I'm like very much an identity sports fan, but aside from that, I just love watching the stories and and following, you know, who are the good. It's it's mostly for me the seeing the up and coming people, um, especially right. as I've been getting a little bit older and now like you know I'm I'm still young, but 24. A lot of pro athletes that you're seeing on TV are are my, my age and younger, you know. So it's yeah, it's very crazy to see like yeah, it's weird. <laughs> But I love it. Uh, ben, I have a follow-up question for you. Uh, knowing that you grew up all over the world and you experienced sports from different, you know, uh, background, uh, what's it like going to OSU as a, like a student and being, you know, uh, I mean, you're you're in it. You're in the yeah. O- o- yeah, OSU. Like, what's the fan base like? 
it's a whole different world, man. It's a whole different world. I would say like, you know, when we were in Kentucky, like I saw UK basketball and I thought like sports does not get any bigger or better than this. I, I went to, I've only been to one UK basketball game in Rupp Arena and like the atmosphere was crazier than any NBA game I've ever been to. You know, UK, they bleed blue. But the Ohio but, State. But, <laughs> yeah. The Ohio State University, it's something different, man. You got a stadium of, you know, 105,000 people cheering on the Buckeyes, tailgates that go on for miles around the stadium. Yeah. I live close by to the stadium, and the streets are packed when it's football season. You know, I, I can only imagine that this is what, like, soccer is like you know football i should say in in south america or or maybe certain places in europe so it's huge caleb tell, tell us about your sports affiliations as as somebody who was born and raised in columbus ohio i completely agree ben like i don't think people understand like how deep it goes for us um but what i like about the fan base is that and what i like about ohio in general and the midwest is i i call it Southerners have Southern charm and, you know, there, there are different regional areas that have like sort of like what they're known for. Midwesterners have what I call like Midwest sensibilities, right? And what I love about Ohio and Ohio State and all of that kind of stuff is that there's just sort of like this commonality um, mm -hmm. amongst like Buckeye fans. That's just like no matter where we're at, I genuinely feel like like some some semblance of a connection to them, you know. And mm -hmm. if there's one thing that Ohio State's football team is going to do, it's disappoint you at least once a year. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ryan Day, we we do love you. We know that you're a great coach, but the last couple of seasons have just been so disappointing. We know that you're a great coach, though. Buckeyes, we love you. Um, but yeah, my 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 personal like team affiliations. Uh, I was I grew up in Ohio and huge Buckeye fan. My grandfather actually would take me to the games every year. So he'd take me to a couple of games every year. So um, the last game that I got to go with him was like, I think like my freshman year of college was the last time that he was able to like walk up the the stadium steps and that kind of stuff. Um, so it, it holds a special place in my heart. But what I love about Ohio State is that um, there's so much revenue generated from the team that they pour a lot of that revenue into like their cancer research and that kind mm. of stuff. Um, like the, uh, the, the, the Chris, I think it's Chris Spielman, Stephanie Myers, mm -hmm. uh, like cancer association and that kind of stuff for breast cancer. Like when Ohio state wins, and this is what I tell people when Ohio state wins, uh, and when Ohio state has a good season, it goes into research and medicine and it goes to bettering the world. And so for me, I'm a huge Ohio state fan. I always will wow. be, I don't care where we're at. Um, it goes deep and it goes deeper because I mean, my, my personal mom was one of the first patients ever to be treated at the Wexter cancer, cancer, uh, like facility, uh, like way back in the, in the like early two thousands when the, when the building was first being constructed. So it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, and it actually inspired my mom to want to be a nurse, how good those nurses were at Ohio state taking care of her. Um, I'll, and I just, I could talk about it all day, wow. but Caleb, I, I was not expecting any of that. That's, I don't know much about OSU. Um, listeners, some of you might relate to this, but sometimes OSU fans can be annoying. Oh, we're <laughs> the worst. Not, <laughs> we're the worst. I, I'm just going to say it. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's just because you guys are, have a whole lot of pride about about who you are and the culture you guys have and and that's awesome um listeners for me i am uh I'm, i would say i'm a two two i'm following the first category and the third category the first one is uh, identity team but let me start with the third one so i'm a story follower i love hearing like ben said like the underdogs what's going on in you know a sports world who is on the come up um i'm a global sports fan like world cup olympics i love watching um a team or individual inspire younger generation uh, yeah. to do something new or challenging or giving them something uh they can pursue um you know and there's so many examples of young athletes today and even veterans um that have so much impact on me and who I am today. But 
going back to the identity team, um, I'm a New York Yankees uh, a fan. And my my father, when he grew up in Iowa, there was only it was only broadcasted. Um, they did the big teams there growing up, so they only broadcast the Yankees. So eventually, obviously, I became a Yankee fan. But when I was living in Taiwan, uh, the first Major League Baseball player to play at MLB Major League Baseball uh, was Chiming Wang. And he played, he was a pitcher that pitched for the New York Yankees. And it was such a huge deal. They broadcast every game. And because of the time zone difference, uh, the games are in the morning. Um, <laughs> and listeners, one of the best things about living in Taiwan is that breakfast is there's breakfast shops everywhere you don't really you don't eat at home you get your dambing you get your milk tea you get your sandwich um heck you can even get stir fried noodles uh it's it's amazing but they show they have tv there and you can watch it and i that's kind of how i grew up watching it the yankees the whole island was cheering for my team and cannot be more proud um i still have not had a chance to go to new york and uh yeah go see yeah, the games we're... but Caleb, I think what you said about Ohio State fans, like there's like a sense of you belong there. I feel mm-hmm. like when I put one foot in NYC, like I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel more like a New Yorker than yeah. I'll <laughs> ever have as a you know Iowan or Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know, but no, I love these answers. Um, well, speaking of different types of sports fan and Taylor Swift league NFL. I was reading some articles on what was happening this Dude, past gonna week. Come for you. They're going to come for you for calling it the Taylor Swift. Yeah, league. watch out. <laughs> Look, after I read this number, I don't think they will because what are they going to say? There are um, men burning their jerseys because she's going to these games. And I just want to let all of our listeners know, if if you're burning jerseys or if you're upset about a woman supporting her partner at a game, you're not going to enjoy this podcast. You're really not. I, yeah. just, I promise you that. This is not the podcast. For you. We're not telling <laughs> you to go. I'm just saying you're in. You're not in for a good ride here. <laughs> we're we're here for the good stories. So um, I watched a little bit Australia. So taking a step back, I watched the Australian Open uh, that was uh, in the, the the knockout stages last week, and I was able to see some of the best tennis player win their first. Uh, um, a Grand Slam, and some of them, def- uh, Sablanca, Sablanca defended her uh, title, and that peaked at like 2.25 million viewers, which um, is a lot, but not a ton for uh, that property. They did, however, break the record for attendance, a little bit over a million attendance versus last year, which is like 800K. Uh, which is great. Like tennis is growing. People are uh, following. They're hitting a lot of different audiences. But Kida made two two million for uh, a tennis like champion match. Um, this is from the front sport office in the AP News. Um, the Chiefs and Ravens game. Well, first of all, I was disappointed because I was cheering for Lamar Jackson. He's from Louisville. He went to Louisville University. Um, so that's why I was cheering for him. But anyways, it averaged 55 million viewers on CBS. The most watched AFC championship ever. Um, it's the, yeah, it's dating back to 1988. Listeners, that viewership number is insane. Um, that's two Taiwans. There's 23, 24 million people in Taiwan. So to say 55 million, I mean, like, that's crazy. It's um, insane. <laughs> I and, believe it. <laughs> you know, and the reason I brought in, I wanted to ask you guys about what kind of sports audience are you is because I'm just going through Twitter and noticing there's a lot of stories about how daughters and their father are bonding over football because the daughter's a Taylor Swift fan and the dad is a football fan, so they're watching the games together, you know? Um, so there's a lot of great stories coming on, uh, coming out from this. Um, there's even a uh, sports book odds for Travis Kelsey to propose to Taylor Swift as Super Bowl. The current, 
currently the odds is at plus 1,000, which is kind of, I expect it to be higher. Because uh, you know, <laughs> people will be placing plus 5,000 odds on a weekly basis. <laughs> if, if he proposes, I'll say this, if he proposes to her at the Super Bowl, you will not be able to convince me that it's not a brand deal. I'm being so serious. If he uses that opportunity and if they win and he like gets down on one knee and proposes, you solidified it in my brain that this was a brand deal and that this was orchestrated behind the scenes. Yeah, honestly, like I've heard, you know, the conspiracies. I'm not really with it. You know, I I feel like imagine if you were in their shoes, like you're just trying to live your life, you know, date the person you love support them in what they're doing and the whole world is out here saying like man this is fake it's a setup so you know i'm not with the conspiracies but that's just taking it a bit a bit too far to where my my antenna will be will be raised yeah they they if he proposed at the super bowl they flew too close to the sun and and you will not be able to convince me otherwise jack there will be Obviously, Taylor and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey will be the luckiest people if they do get engaged there. Um, the second person that to be the most lucky is uh, Travis's mom, um, bagging potentially a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl ring, and uh, Taylor Swift as their daughter-in-law. Um, but also the brands that sponsor Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I mean, that is just going to generate so many attention um they are on c they're already won the deal the sponsorship so uh congrats um but yeah so that's chiefs and ravens 55 million views uh 49ers and lions one of the, i don't cheer for both teams but i was cheering for the Lions in this game my heart is Absolutely. broken uh, I think but- I think we all were cheering for the Lions. If you weren't cheering for the Lions, uh, and you and you weren't originally a 49ers fan, if you're a 49ers fan, I get it. But for the Lions to go to like what was that like their first or second playoffs like ever, and to go that far to the semifinals, like I was pulling for them. I really wasn't. I don't even mess with that team up north, but I was pulling yeah. for the Lions. So that view was the most watched. NFC championship game since 2012, hitting 56 uh, million views. So again, wow. incredible. Man. So viewers, where do you go from here? Uh, Super Bowl 57 is on February 11th on a Sunday, 6.30 p.m. on CBS. So even if you don't cheer for the Chiefs or the 49ers, and I'll raise my hand for that, um, but you might uh, witness uh, a proposal. At plus one hundred one thousand odds, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, Jack, I've got a, I've got another, I've got another bet for you though. As you've mentioned, the NFL's just been smashing records left and right all year, right? Viewership records. Right. Let's hear. Come on, uh, give me a plus or minus on the viewership for the Super Bowl. Oh man, it's tough because I want to. I want to say it'll be lower than what they're what they think it is, but if if Taylor Swift makes it from her Tokyo concert the day before to uh, Las Vegas, I think they will bring a ton of audience. So I'm gonna say maybe sixty, if not like sixty five million. Um, I, I, I listeners, I don't know what the average and the most watchable viewership is. Um, it might be significantly more um i'm excited for the deep commercials i've never been excited really for a while but since now i'm in marketing world i'm now like more pulled into okay what are the brands doing they're spending this much money yeah what, what are they trying to communicate to their viewers um i mean it's the best place to put your ad in um it's yeah. a super bowl so that's what i'll be watching uh, so 65 million, 60 to 65 million is my, uh, my bet. That's always my favorite part of the Super Bowl. Like as somebody in sales and marketing, I sit there and like, I study the ads and I'm like, what technique did they use? Like, what, like, what are they doing? Like, I think, I think it was uh Coinbase last year that had like just the, 
like just the the QR code or something that was like floating like an old yeah. DVD like paused screen. I thought that was genius because what they're doing is they're playing into like this imagery that we all know of, which is like that moving thing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. It was annoying as crap, but I thought it was good <laughs> marketing. So, well, we definitely need to uh, talk about which which ones stood out to us uh, in the near in the future, for sure. All right. So, as we transition, I want to mention one thing about Caleb Norris, guys. For Gosh. those of you who uh -oh. don't know, <laughs> Caleb is a man of many talents, many skills. One Max. of them that has impressed me the most as I've gotten to know him is that he is the absolute king of meal prepping. Okay? Come on uh, now. I'm friends with Caleb on Facebook, and I regularly look forward to seeing what he's cooking up, what he's packing for his week. And... uh Honestly, it's it's inspiring. So that really Truly. got me fired up and wanting to talk about meal prepping. Um, so, well, ben, I guess... thank you, thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate it. I <laughs> it, at this point, it's like if we're being honest, meal prepping to me is like this game that I play week over week, where I'm like, I literally am like, on Sunday, at whatever time it's like I'm ready, I'm like, okay, how soon? Can I plan out what I'm going to eat, <laughs> go get it, get it back here, get it cooked and clean my kitchen. And I literally time myself to see how fast I can do it. And I've gotten my time down to like, like two hours flat for like to get everything prepped. And it's like a game to me and shout out to any, you know, potential uh, future partners. I plan on doing <laughs> this for our family week over week. And uh, I do have a Costco membership premium too, not just the base one. So, okay. I'm a big baller. I've got the uh, I've got the Costco black card. So uh, don't mess with me. Oh, oh snap, <laughs> Jack. Do you ever um, meal prep? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, for the last um, year, from August to August, I went on a journey of just really committed to a full uh fitness journey in terms of like working with a coach who providing me um meal plans providing me more workouts um i always just have to say like i have so much seasoning <laughs> in my uh, drawer now and i'm learning so much about uh how to cook chicken well from baking to searing i mean it's an art how many mm -hmm. minutes do you leave it on the table uh before you cut it i mean just everything um but i haven't meal prep i meal prepped this past weekend uh nothing to affect with what caleb does i just did i cooked my rice i cooked my uh broccolini and my teriyaki chicken but um the, uh, listeners if you ever had a chance to you know get a look into what caleb is cooking it's it's a full course meal. Well, and yeah, it, it, it's 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 hitting every single corner of the pyramid, of the food pyramid. Yeah, and it, it's it's just so impressive. I think my my biggest thing is this: is like people, what people don't understand. Here's like my hot take on meal prepping. People order. I think when I worked in in restaurant sales, people will order. Things like seventy five percent of everybody that's ordering food bases it off the off of the picture that's actually like on the menu, mm. and like the the idea there is that if your food looks ugly or and or is hard to see and or is just not visually appealing, you're not going to want to eat it, right? So, like my tips on meal prepping is get really cute containers that that you that you like want to use. And then you have you have to learn a little bit about like the like some of like the food safety stuff like uh, rice is actually and this is actually something that I learned like three months ago rice is not supposed to be like cooked and then reheated reheated now yeah. because it because of how it grows because it grows in water it's bacteria that it grows is basically like uh, like the heat doesn't doesn't mess with it. And there it's after you wash it and cook it, you're supposed to eat it. I actually just learned about that. So what a lot of people do is like they make a lot of mistakes with meal prepping and then unconsciously like they have stomach aches or they don't feel well throughout the week. 
And then unconsciously they stop meal prepping because they're like, oh, that was like, I, like that wasn't really worth it. And right. so p- people really have to, if you're going to meal prep, the number one thing that I'll say is just get on YouTube and look up like basics food safety for like how you like keep leftovers and that kind of stuff because it's 100% worth it. But you will get sick if you just like start putting hot food in containers and closing the lid. Like don't do that, please. <laughs> Well, yeah. Caleb, I feel so cold out, and I can't wait to learn about proper and proper ways of meal planning. Ben, um, listeners, if you are not doing meal planning right now, don't worry. I'm in that boat, uh, and I'm excited to learn and how to just elevate my life because I'm trying to get on Caleb and Ben's level right now. <laughs> All right. So before we talk about more tips, because I have picked up some tips from Caleb And I've got some planned out that we're going to talk about. But I first want to talk about just some of the reasons why we should even meal prep in the first place, right? Um, I've heard a lot of people hate on it, say, oh, it's pointless. I don't understand why you do this. It's boring. But honestly, for me, there are three main reasons, and, and I'll break these down a little bit, that I choose to meal prep. The first one is that it saves time. The second is that it saves money. And the third is that it keeps you on track for your goals. And so in terms of saving time, like Caleb said, if you really practice and you get this down to an art, you can prep an entire week of meals within just a few hours. And you might, might not get it down to just two hours. But even if you spend one afternoon listening to a podcast, listening to Generation Varied, you can crank out a whole bunch of meals and and really it saves you the time of washing dishes several times which to me is is the biggest hassle of cooking food it, it saves you the time of like not knowing what you're going to eat in the first place and decision right. fatigue and and those are some of the big time savers in terms of money i mean it's night and day um for I sure i'm a grad student right now and i'm super broke. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, I can't afford to like go out and eat whenever I want. Um, Every once in a while, that's cool. But for me, it's really like home cooked meals are going to be by far the best option buying in bulk. And um, so it saves me a ton of money. And then the most important one for me is just keeping on track with my goals. Um, I compete in bodybuilding and so does my wife and so for us wait wait a second we can't just say you compete in bodybuilding this is a title holder uh what was the got what what weight class did you just like when you took what first or second place i was in second place yeah i competed in men's physique and got uh second place in the novice and open categories so Hopefully this year, by the end of the year, I'm, I'm, my goal is to get my my pro card um, and become a, a professional bodybuilder. Um, but yeah, that's like meal prepping Legend. is a huge part of that. Like, yeah, it, you really it's almost impossible to eat like a bodybuilder if you're not going to meal prep. And so that's my personal goal. But I realize that just like for most people, that's not going to be the goal. For most yeah. people, your goal might be um, gain a little bit more muscle. It might be uh, lose a little bit of weight. It might be just feeling happier in general and, and feeling content with the way your body is. And meal prepping is a huge hack to being able to do that. There's this, there's this, uh, this term that we use in bodybuilding that's, I don't know who started it, but it's very well known. And that is eat like a dog. And so what they mean by that is not, you know, go eat pedigree. What they mean is that, you know, if you love your dog, you're going to make sure that your dog's eating high quality food. It's eating the same quantity of food day after day and uh, eating around the same times. And these are things that apply to us, but just like as humans with so much freedom and, and options, it's super easy to just, you know, eat something different every day. And, and we don't realize the effect that that can have on our bodies. 
Um, so regardless of whatever your goal is, meal prepping is a great way to get there. Um, and just I to think, kind of, I, I think at least for me, I completely agree. Like, so I, I realized this past year that like, especially as it relates to like weight and confidence and that kind of stuff. And I want to just go on the record saying that I don't think that I, I, I don't associate like uh, weight automatically with like health and like not being healthy. Like we know that that's not, that's not like a perfect comparison, but like when you start feeling better, you're like, Oh crap, I can't go back. Mm -hmm. You know, like once you notice the difference in like your energy levels, that kind of stuff. And I mean, for, for the record, I was spending, I averaged out what I was spending on DoorDash like week over week. And I spent like what sort of started me on this is that I realized I spent 680 bucks on DoorDash in one month, Oof. which is a vile number. Yeah. And it, it's just like, like the time savings, the, the, the money savings, like you feel better. I, I could not agree with you more, Ben, like more people need to be meal prepping and, and, taking pride and caring for them. Like I view meal prepping as like a self-care practice. I really yeah, do. Yeah. Like meal prepping is self-care. Um, like my, this, the exact same way that we consider all of the other portions of self-care. I think the way that I take care of myself the most is honestly through meal prepping. Yeah. So no, Caleb, yeah, you ben, talked I, about some, oh, go I, ahead, Jack. No, I was just going to say, no, I love that you laid out those three things. Um, as somebody who did do meal planning, um, meal prepping, um, it's good to see and it kind of stepped away. It's good to hear those things again. Cause sometimes you're so yep. deep into eating four times a day, five times a day. And if you're bad, probably like six or seven at some point, <laughs> you know, depending yep. where he's at in his fitness journey. Um, but you know, it, it becomes a task. It becomes, this weird relationship with eating, right? Um, but it's good to, you know, for me right now, just taking a step back, like, hey, why did I start in the first place? And where did it go wrong? Um, what happened to my mindset? So listeners, like, don't, I hope you feel encouraged, you know, to one, I mean, save money, like everybody wants that. <laughs> um, it saves time, you know, for you to do other things you enjoy and, and ultimately, learn how to set a goal and hit them because that's a skill, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, the band is, this is great. Yeah. And yeah, Caleb gave some, some great food safety tips. Definitely be up on your food safety, but also some more things that can help you be more consistent with that is cook foods that you enjoy. Um, yeah. Find ways that you can make the foods that you enjoy fit in with what your goals are and do that. You don't have to eat like, only chicken rice and broccoli like that's right. gonna get pretty old and boring and and even for someone like me I, I pretty much eat the same thing every day but it's nice to try something new so eat things you enjoy try new things also have fun with the process like listen to music you like um make it a self-care routine like caleb is talking about and make this a process that you look forward to and then um learn to multitask like let Caleb gamified it. Yeah. Do the same. Figure out like how can I be most efficient in doing this? What other things can I get done? Can I also sweep the floor at the same time as my rice is cooking or as as my pasta, the water is boiling? Like there's so many things that you can get done and and build into a discipline. And at the end of the day, the discipline and planning that comes with a habit like meal planning is always going to beat the self control of getting home and trying to force yourself to cook a meal when these days you can just click a button and DoorDash is on its way, you know? Like self-control is weak in those moments when you're tired. So have a plan. I, I No, you're spot on. And I know, I know we need to move on, but the last thing that I'll say is I think another thing that sparked with this was that I was realizing is that like, because we know that we're going to eat a million meals, if you spoil one or if you have like a bad meal, like it's not that big of a deal, right? Mm -hmm. But I was getting stuck at the end of my day at like 5.30 and I was realizing it's taking me like an hour just to decide what to eat and what to do with my day. And I haven't even started like, co like cooking or anything awesome. like that. And then 
if you even if you have like a quick meal and it takes 20 or 30 minutes then you have dishes that's going to take another 20 or 30 minutes and so yeah i i'm a i'm a big big proponent of meal prepping for all of the reasons that we listed um so yeah no could not agree more on um on a topic that is that i've been dying to talk about with people (laughs) jack tell me what have you heard about what's going on in the music industry this past week maybe in hip-hop and r&b rap music what's been going on man (laughs) so one of my favorite albums um so far is pink friday 2 um and one of the reasons i mean i went on twitter and as you know uh twitter beef is is or x beef is untouchable and i started seeing nikki posting i mean some of the most bizarre tweets but also legendary tweets and yes that might be (laughs) that's the right word unhinged so drug induced got me got me (laughs) a curious um but even before this album nikki minaj is my favorite female rapper um i love her music um yeah and i love this album too so that's in this past week to answer your caleb uh, answer your question caleb um i saw something about bigfoot um i saw a song that dropped i haven't really got a chance to listen to it but i saw the album cover um so i had to look up who what's it about but caleb uh definitely would love you to fill me in on what's happening <laughs> in pop culture <laughs> Ben, what uh, Ben, what have you heard about what's going on? Listen, today, as we re- as we record this, it's Wednesday, and um, you know, I'm I'm a big hip hop fan. I'm I'm you know, like hip hop culture has been a major part of my whole upbringing, and one of my favorite things about hip hop culture is rap beef. Like diss tracks, I'm here for it, you know. Oh yeah, Drake and Meek Mill. That's like uh, one of my favorite, you know. Some of the verses that were coming out of that were legendary. Yeah, um, you know that that's the first that comes to mind. But I think we are in the middle of another one of those, you know, once in a lifetime rap yeah. beef with Megan The Stallion and Nicki Minaj and uh, Young Tina Snow. As they call her in Houston. Yeah, I just, man, I've been, I heard, I heard um, Megan the Stallion's diss track. And I was like, you know, I hadn't really been keeping up. I wasn't up on it. So I was like, wait a minute, where is this coming from? How is she going to, how is she, does she know who she's messing with? And then I woke up Monday morning, was it? To a notification on my Spotify of Nicki Minaj just dropped Bigfoot. I'm like, what's this? And I listened to it in the car with my wife. And let me just say, we, we sat in silence. Just shook. I, I, was, I was shook. I uh, couldn't believe it. So, Caleb, yeah. pull the listeners in on what's been going on with them, too. So, for if you, if you follow along on uh, and what's going on with pop culture and or if you're on Twitter and more specifically Black Twitter, then you're caught up. But for... The people that do not know, um, the rap girlies are fighting. And we're going to put air horns right there. Sophie, just make a note after production. We're going to put a little air horn. Um, but uh, so uh, Megan Thee Stallion, who is a Houston born and raised rapper. She has a very uh, Houston uh, flow. Um, she released uh, one of the singles from her new album, Hiss. And uh, she had one line in the album or on the song and it was not actually directed at Nicki Minaj she did a uh, a call-in radio interview with the breakfast club um and first of all I love that she called into the radio breakfast club like it's 2005 again or something like (laughs) all I can hear is that like intro to uh to uh, Kiss Kiss by Chris Brown, like, my girl ain't doing a thing anymore at all. 
I got just what you need. Like that is what I hear when I when I think about audio and somebody like calling into the radio. So she called into the Breakfast Club and she made it known: a hit dog will holler. And boy, did it ever! So the line that Megan said in one of her songs uh, was: um, uh, she said, "These hoes don't be mad at Megan. These hoes mad at Megan's law." Uh, and Megan. Uh, Megan's law, for those who don't know, is basically a federal law requiring uh, law enforcement to make information available about registered sex offenders. For those of you who don't know, Nicki Minaj back in 2019 married Kenneth Petty, who is like a two-time registered sex offender. And also, I believe uh, he, he was uh, convicted of manslaughter back in 2000, uh, 2002 or something like that. Um, and since uh, Minaj uh, married him, people have been distancing themselves from her. Uh, most specifically, the Carters have been because they don't want to be associated with an artist who would openly marry somebody that is like a two or three time like sex offender. So um, the thing is, is that Megan did not specifically say that this line is about her. So when she said that a hit dog will holler. The, the hit dog hollered. And what's, I think, ingenious about all of this is that, um, number one, Megan has not responded to Nicki Minaj at all. And Nicki Minaj pretty much stayed on live in some facet for 48 hours straight after this came out. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would personally venture to say that she's currently ruining her legacy because it's pretty much when when you look at her career and how long she's been on the scene. Nicki Minaj is obviously a great talent. I don't think anybody's debating that. Um, but there's this sort of like jealousy that she's really created over the last like five or six years with different other female rappers, and pretty much not wanting to let anybody else be uh, respected on the scene or collaborative or any of that kind of stuff. She's been pretty disrespectful. Now the thing is this: is that Nicki Minaj has specifically dissed Megan Thee Stallion in like four or five different songs. In uh, mm -hmm. Red Ruby This Leaves, she says, I don't F with horses since Christopher Reeves. She was talking about Megan Thee Stallion there. Um, there. There are a myriad of other lyrics that she's that she's done in. So I think Megan is a genius because she found a way to use somebody else's platform to elevate hers. And she literally, without even calling them out and then didn't respond, and then got a slot on Good Morning America on Monday and announced a uh, and announced a, a, a U.S. tour this summer uh, where she's going to be touring all of her music, which she hasn't gotten to do uh, because of COVID and that kind of stuff. And then because of the passing of her mother. So I'm really excited for Megan. I'm a, I'm officially a hottie. Um, the, there's actually a lot of uh, a lot of legal implications that are coming forward because uh, Nicki Minaj's fan base, the Barb's are. Uh, doxing people's locations and all of that kind of wow. stuff, and uh, it's actually it's actually pretty crazy everything that's going on, and it's very clear from the two songs that were put out. Megan's is better. I mean, have you guys? <laughs> heard that? I haven't listened to it yet, uh, so know. I'm like gonna chime in on that, Caleb. But Bigfoot that is... background, I haven't. That's really yeah. I didn't know any of that. Um, I just played a song and. Like you said, I'm not really, really into Twitter world, and um, yeah. But I just that was just one of the things I caught my eyes one day. Something retweeted, just like when her album was dropping, right? Like there's so much happening between her and what she's saying about. I'm calling out everybody essentially. Um, yeah. So no, that's so. I didn't. Yeah, that's so interesting, and I need to listen to his now and yes, see what. Yeah. It, it, what is going on there um and then shout out Megan Thee Stallion if you want to be on this podcast I want you on this podcast yes. I wore I wore my cowboy hat today specifically for you and I'm not even hitting on you I'm a raging homosexual I just want you to know that I love you so much and I think I think Nicki Minaj went way below the belt making fun of her yeah. making fun of her mom who who died and all that kind of stuff um what? and yeah, and she basically gave the thumbs up to Barb's that like if you find her mom's grave, like desecrate it. Like they're like when I say that like Nicki Minaj has gone way off the rails, like it's not like it's not even a joke. Like there there are people that are literally going to go to jail for basically supporting this woman and doxing people's locations. 
And there are people that are probably going to go to jail for trying to desecrate her mom's grave. Yeah, I will say as much as I do, I'm a big Nicki Minaj fan. And I think personally, you know, I, I easily get caught up in the the drama of these rap beef and and I forget that these are real people we're talking about. Mm. You know what I mean? Nicki Minaj did take it too far. However, as a rap fan, I'm kind of here for it. I'd love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my favorite rap rap moments of all time is the fact that like Pusha T was the one who announced to the world that that Drake had a son, and you know, like now this is just common knowledge. But at the time, like very few people knew about Drake's kid. And so that was like a big no-no and was also hitting below the belt. And I think Nicki Minaj is very much doing the same here. Um, and uh, yeah, for, for those of you who haven't listened, go ahead, listen to both of these diss tracks. Um, and, uh, you know, Nicki Minaj throws in a little bit of, I don't know if it's an ASMR or what at the end um, of hers, but you you get to hear her whispering about uh, Megan Thee Stallion into the mic uh, acapella for what felt like five minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it's not it's not very good. It's also not performing very well, like on the charts. It had the fastest fall. Uh, it, it fell sixty spots like two days later after it like climbed, which is like one of the fastest ones that that's like ever fall fallen. And Megan is is. Uh, projected to like have her first number one single next week. Um, yeah. So I've I've been a Nicki Minaj fan for a long time, but I think it's I think it's time to I think it's time to salute a new a new a new queen. Wow, Megan Thee Stallion. Um, well, listeners, you heard it all today, um, and I think it is just going to be a fun week for you. And why? I mean, one, you got a TSL coming up. The Super Bowl, Taylor Swift League. You got meal prepping. You're gonna start. You're gonna start feeling good, save money, save time, and start hitting your goals. And you're gonna listen to this diss track. How fun! You can listen to this track while you meal prep. Um, so, listeners, uh, we encourage you to subscribe to our uh, channel, Generation Varied Podcast. Uh, follow us on all social media platforms and. Please send us any question you have. Caleb, Ben, any final thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, like you said, we're just so excited to be able to engage with people who are listening to this. Share it around with your friends. Send us any questions, any topics that you'd like us to talk about. Pretty much anything is on the table. And that's one of the exciting things about what we're going to be doing with this. Caleb? Yeah, no, thanks. Thank you guys for listening. Ben, Jack, thank you guys for agreeing to do this. And as always, uh, hair and makeup uh, could not be here. We do have an opening for hair and makeup. Uh, our executive producer is uh, is Sophie, uh, Sophie St. Furman. Shout out, Sophie. Legend, Shout legend. Thank you. He is a legend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with that, we're going to sign off and you guys have a great rest of your night.